Welcome to Way Family Church. You're listening to our sermon podcast. Way Family Church is a new church plant in Tucson, Arizona. We welcome you to join us every Sunday morning at 1030 for worship, the word, and fellowship. If you'd like more information, visit us online at wayfamily.church. Turn your Bible, please, to the book of Isaiah, where you saw on the screen a little video, and this is the topic we're going to talk about today, is being sent out on mission. I love your pastor. He's been a good friend, him and his bride, and um, just love him to pieces. And uh, man, they're, they're a blessing to my life, and, and I'm just glad I've been able to just intersect that life um, a little bit. And just, man, they're, they're, I'm, I'm pumped. And I'm so glad you guys, at least y'all got to pray, his wife did, you know, um, Pastor Appreciation Day. And you know, words are great, but cash means a lot. I'm just saying, okay, just, just throwing it out there. Um, hey, you know as well as I do that um, we are all called to live our life uh, on mission to make a difference. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but uh, time goes by fast, right? Doesn't it? It goes by fast. We wake up, we get the kids out the door, we go to work, we come home. If your kid has some kind of activity, you have to eat real quick, get them to some kind of activity. You grab them, come home, try to do homework, uh, Try to calm down for the rest of the day. You go to bed and you wake up and the next day it starts all over again. Monday turns to Friday, to Saturday, and then it just kind of collapse. And then Sunday we worship together. We have fellowship. We go small group together. And then the next week just ends starting up again. And, and one week turns into a month. A month turns into a year. Years turn into decades. Before long it just seems like it's just poof. Time goes by extremely fast. It really does. Now, I do not, I, 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 people have tried to explain to me scientifically, and I really, I've had a lot of people try to explain it to me, but I really believe that um, there is a correlation between age and the speed of time, okay? Because we're in a school, I think you'll probably understand this, okay? Um, um, when I was growing up in, in, um, in my little elementary school, in middle school, they used to have a clock, a little white, a white clock that would always sit in the back of, of the room and at uh, 2.55, I could swear that time stood still. Because at 3 o'clock is when the alarm went off. And you would look at that clock, and it would go, tick, yes. tick. And it was the longest five minutes of my life every day was that time right there. Now it seems like time just goes by extremely fast, like that. So um, with each of us having the same measure of time, how do we leverage our life to make most of the impact of it? What is your purpose? Your purpose and my purpose in God's calling for us is to leverage our lives and our influence and to be on mission with God for the glory of God. That's why you and I are here. In Isaiah chapter 6, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible, explains this in great detail. He says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
Now, the prophet Isaiah was given a vision of what you and I will one day, those of us who have committed our lives to Jesus, will see face to face. It was a beautiful and frightening scene. He saw his majestic Lord sitting on his throne as King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible promises us in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, these words. He says, after I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one can count. I love this part. From every nation, from every tribe, every people, every language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hand. They cried out to the Lord with a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our Lord who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The Bible promises us that one day... All nations, all peoples, all ethnic groups, everyone who is bowed in need of Jesus will one day stand before the Lamb of God and we will rejoice and we will praise and we will give Him glory. It's going to be a beautiful scene, isn't it? Beautiful scene. Now the scene that Isaiah saw was that of majestic worship, holiness, and glory. You and I were created to be a reflection of the glory of God. Even the beginning of our Bible, we're finding Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 28. So God created him, man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. And so Adam and Eve were told to be fruitful, to multiply, and then uh, filling the world with image-bearing worshipers. As an image bearer, it provides us certain identities. Because as an image bearer, I bear the image of my parents. I bear the image of the one who bore me. And as an image bearer, then I am to bear the image of the Lord who created me. It carries certain responsibility. And as an image bearer, you and I have a mission and a capacity to demonstrate the glory of God in ways that nothing else can. I, I love uh, hiking. I'm, a, I'm an avid hiker. And uh, recently, I just got back from hiking 100 miles at the, of the Appalachian Trail. Um, Appalachian Trail goes from Georgia to Maine. I didn't do it all, okay? Only 100 miles of it. I'll be honest with you, it was kind of tough. I'm used to Arizona, okay? Especially Phoenix. And, and a mountain is more like you know, like that. Um, Appalachian Trail evidently is a whole mountain range. I did not know that till I got there. And, uh, and it, it's pretty serious. But it was, just, it was just gorgeous. It was just beautiful to see that mountain range and see the glory and the beauty of God. And you know what it is. I mean, you live here. And I'll be honest, don't tell my Phoenix friends, okay? But Tucson by far is a prettier city than Phoenix. Okay, I mean, you get to see the, the, over the mountains, you get to see when the storms come, you get to see when the sun rises and just beams off the mountains that are around here, and you get to see the glory of God on a daily basis. We see it all around us, amen? I just got back yesterday from seeing, uh, hiking, uh, uh, backpacking and, and hiking in the Grand Canyon. Hopefully you've seen our big ditch. It's pretty pretty. It's pretty nice. I mean, people come from all over the world to see our big hole, okay? I mean, it is pretty neat. And there I get to see, uh, the, we went out to Plateau Point because the ranger said Plateau Point's going to be closed for two years and you can't go out there. So we said, well, we better go because, I mean, in two years, 
I don't know. I'll be 61. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. And so, and, you know, I said, let me go out there. So we went out there. We watched the sun set. And then we, we sat there and we just watched the, just saw the stars. And when, without lights, it's just amazing how many stars there are in the sky. And just got to see the beauty of God's creation and all, everything. But amongst all of the stuff that you and I have seen, the sun rises, the sun sets, the stars, the mountains, the oceans. Nothing compares, okay? Nothing compares to you of God's creation. You are the best thing that God has created. You are. And because of that, my friends, our ultimate aim of our lives is to bring the glory of God and produce good things. First um, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for what? The glory of God. You and I can be a reflection of God's glory more than anything else. Verse 4 says this, At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Now I'm just get off on there for a second, Okay. I keep going to churches that try to, try to, try to uh, make the Holy Spirit look present by popping in smoke. <gasps> you know what I'm talking about, Pastor? You know what I'm talking about, right? They get smoke machines. We're going to have smoke in here. We can't ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit won't be present here, but we're going to make it look like it by putting a lot of smoke in the room, okay? It just drives me bananas. But anyway, okay, now the Scripture tells us that, that this was real smoke, right? The people were, the, 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 I mean, the angelic hosts were celebrating and telling and just proclaiming who God is, and the whole place was just filled with smoke, and this is what the prophet said when he saw this. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. When you and I experience the weight of the glory of God, it cannot help but change our lives. It can't help it. And we stop comparing ourselves to others. And we start comparing ourselves with Him and Him alone. I've got five grandchildren. I have two more coming in March, so pray for me. Okay? All of them often converge at my house. It's chaos. Um, that's a whole other story. But my oldest grandson now plays t-ball. Now, to be honest with you, my children, my two girls, uh, were not athletic, so we didn't do anything like t-ball. So I, I've never been to a t-ball game until my grandson played t-ball. Go to my first t-ball game. I'm pretty excited. Um, now, he's the number nine hitter, so it tells you a little bit about his game, okay, if you're a baseball fan. Uh, so he's a number nine hitter. But there, there's, a, there's a kid on third, there's a kid on second, there's a kid on first, so he's up to bat. Archie? Let's go, baby. Okay? This is your time to shine. He gets up there that T-ball bat. He swings as hard as he can, and he misses. I'm going, come on, man. Come on. It's on a T. Come on. <laughs> right? Come on. I mean, it's just teed up there. Come on. It can't be a, it's a T. Right? And now I'm going, oh, calm down. Right? He swings as hard as he can the second time, and he hits that thing, and it goes almost to the, almost to the pitcher. 
Okay. He takes off running. The kid on third base starts running home. The guy on second, kid on second base goes to third base. Kid on first base goes to second base. He's going to first base. And pretty soon then, that kid that wouldn't travel, he's now on third base. He's coming home. The kid that's going from first base to second base, he's now on third base. And he's starting to come home. My grandson's hitting second base, third base. He's starting to come home. I'm thinking to myself, I've got an All-American right here. Okay. I've got an All-American in my midst. Who knows? Who knew that from my lineage, we were going to have such great baseball player. Not knowing that in T-ball, the last kid that hits, all the kids just run the bases. Okay? I didn't know that. I thought he was like amazing. No, he's not amazing. This is just what they do in T-ball. The last kid, everybody runs. Okay? I did not know. Someone had to explain it to me. As I'm watching these, these, this t-ball game, I'm thinking to myself, now, now, granted, I'm a little bit ADD, so please understand. Okay, I'm a little dysfunctional, weird, as you can tell already by the snake pit conversation. Um, so um, I, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? If I was playing with these kids, I could school them all day, man. I could hit that ball so far. Those little legs would take them forever to find, get that ball. I could run around that base multiple times before they ever got it home. Matter of fact, I'd be, I'd be pretty good. But to be honest with you, if I played with any junior high team in, in, uh, in Phoenix, they would school me like I was a preschooler. <clears throat> That's reality. We have a tendency, don't we, to compare ourselves to people, to other things. We, think, we look at other people and go, you know what, I'm better than them. You know what, I'm all that compared to them. Compared to them, my life isn't as messed up as uh, theirs is. Lord, you're kind of lucky to have me on your team. <laughs> but whenever, my friends, we compare ourselves to Jesus, His holiness, His grandeur, it puts things in perspective, doesn't it? We got ourselves a prophet here. I mean, in the food chain of, you know, spiritual people, a prophet's pretty much up there, man. And the prophet after seeing and experiencing the glory of God, fell on his knees and says, Woe is I, for I am unclean. I am not worthy to be in your presence. He found himself in the holiness of God and all of his glory, and immediately he confessed his unholiness. The lips express what is in the heart and in the mind, and he confesses his sin. But I love what verse 6 says. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand that he had taken from the thongs of the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Now this is the part that I love more than any of this other part of the passage. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Now I don't know what you've come in here today with. Chances are you've come in here with something. Because all of us do. Matter of fact, there's a pretty good chance that sometime over the last few days, you've made a mistake. The Bible calls that a sin. Okay? Let's just take a little poll. How many of y'all have made a mistake in the last few days? The rest of y'all are liars. <laughs> and that's one of the top ten naughty naughties. <laughs> okay? So the Bible says all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have done that. All of us have. 
And sometimes we, we carry this mistakes that we have in our lives as if it's some kind of badge or some kind of weight that we have to carry in our lives. And we just hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on to it. And Jesus says, no, I don't want you to hold on to it. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Sadly, so many people think that Jesus is some kind of like this, like, like this guy with a, like a whack-a-mole. You raise your head and bap! It's not like that. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus has a desire to take away your sin and your sorrow. He, he wants you to experience the heart and the glory of God in a new way. Experience His deep desire to bestow mercy on you and mercy upon all of us. Jesus lives to forgive us, to take our guilt away, and to have our sins atoned for. He desires that for your life. He desires for you when you walk out of here to be free. To be free. The impurity of Isaiah's life had been catarized. The guilt of his sin is atoned for. And it says in verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. After experiencing God, Isaiah went back to the purpose as an image bearer of God to bring people back to God, to be on mission with God. Because see, this is what happens. Whenever you experience the glory of God, you realize who you are and who you aren't. You give your life to Jesus. You begin to experience a new life and a new freedom. It changed your life and you can't help but want to tell other people about this experience because it meant so much to you. And that's what happened. And God is calling you and I to live our life on mission. God is calling you and me to be everyday missionaries. In the book, Life on Mission, it says, we cannot um, look at living my life on mission as something to add to our already busy schedule, but something to intersect our daily rhythms. Life on Mission is not about intersecting gospel, excuse me, Life on Mission is about um, intersecting gospel intentionality into our daily routines. So living my life on mission isn't a project that we do just every once in a while. Living my life on mission is something that I do every day. We are to be everyday missionaries. You are to use your businesses to help people come back to God. You are to use your love for sports, maybe to help a coach a team that can instill the glory of God. If you're going to college, how do you use your learning environments to reflect His glory and be on mission you see, it's not just enough that you and I fit in. You and I are saved to live out a Christ-transformed life in the midst of our social circles. You and I were created for a purpose, and that is to bring God glory. Everyone here is a missionary. Now, I believe that everyone should have a passport so that if God calls you to some other place in the world to share the gospel, you can do it at a moment's notice. I think all of us should. Matter of fact, as Arizona Mission Network, who I work for, which means I work for you, okay, as Arizona Mission Network, you're part of our family, our, our um, network of, of churches. Um, we are partnering with Sub-Saharan Africa so that we can go um, share the gospel with, with people literally all over, basically just the top, take away the top of Africa, but everything else, that's what we're going to do. 
So we believe that God may be calling some of you in this church sometime over the next years, hopefully sooner than that, to go to Sub-Saharan Africa and minister in the name of Jesus and share the gospel and come alongside our missionaries that are serving in that region. That's our prayer and our hope, okay? But you don't have to have just a passport to be a missionary. God expects you to live your life missionally every day while we live here. While we're told to go to the uttermost parts of the world, we are also told to be missionaries in our neighborhoods. Our state, as you well know, is growing by 120,000 people per year. That's an average net gain of 333 people per day, and each one of them are going to my Costco. Okay, I could swear it, they're all coming to my Costco. Okay, especially if gas goes down two cents more than anybody else, right? The world is coming to Arizona. And nine out of ten of those people do not have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They do not know Jesus. The mission of God requires that you and I as believers leverage our lives for His glory. The purpose of your job is not just to make money. The purpose of your job is to give God glory in your workplace. The purpose of your parenting isn't just to raise kids that are uh, not brats, okay? The purpose of raising your children is to teach them about the glory of God. The purpose of your play isn't just for exercise, but to show God glory. The purpose of your sacrificial giving is to glorify God. The purpose of your life mission is to glorify God. And when Isaiah was posed with the question, who shall go? Who shall we send? Who will go for us? He says, here am I, send me. He couldn't help it. He just couldn't help it. He just seen the glory of God. He just received forgiveness of his sin. He just received the glory of God on his life. He goes, I can't help it. I'm the guy. And he raises his hand. And you and I need to raise our hands. Being willing to serve and use our life and live our life on mission. This week, this year. As we go through the daily rhythms of our life to bring glory to God. Time now can be divided into two different times. Pre-COVID, post-COVID. Right? That's how everybody determines time now. Pre-COVID, post-COVID. So pre-COVID... Um, I, I got the chance to go back home uh, and, and show my new son-in-law and my daughter and my new son-in-law where I grew up and, and see my family in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Okay? I don't know if you've ever been to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, but it's the cultural center of the universe. Okay? Um, so much so, it is where the international noodling competition happens every year. Now, those of you that are going, I'm, you're, you're a Westerner or you're a city folk, Maybe you don't know what noodling is. Noodling is when you get rednecks from all over the world. Coming to one place, going to creeks and little rivers, getting down on your hands and knees and your belly, putting your hand under a rock, putting your hand in the mouth of a catfish. Okay? And you, you cramp down your hand like this. A catfish will cramp down. He'll, he'll bite your hand. Okay? And then you pull out a catfish by your hands. And these things can be 30, 50, 75, 100 pound catfish. Okay? Those are my people. Okay? Those are my people. Cultural center of the universe. 
okay? I was going to show you pictures, but I thought best not, all right? Um, my brother and I were at the festival. We were taking pictures of people who were like this. <laughs> my friends will never, my friends will never, like, like, I mean, they were just, it's amazing how, I didn't know God made that many people like this and just put them on one spot. Okay. And so we, we go, we go to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma to see my family, take them to my mom and dad's house. And uh, like it says, pre-COVID, took them to mom and dad's house. Mom and dad said, Hey, let's go eat. So of course, if you're in Oklahoma, what do you go do? You go eat at barbecue because that's what you do in Oklahoma. So we went and got barbecue. So we're going back into town because we live out in the country, come back into town. And my mom said to Joe, my new son-in-law, Hey, I want to introduce you to the rest of our people. And so we pulled right into the cemetery. Okay. <laughs> to see the rest of our people. Um, and, and my people, we've got, we've got spots. And matter of fact, my grandmother is now buried in that cemetery. Um, she, um, before she died, um, she, she purchased uh, like a host, like a whole host of them. It's like, it was like, um, she's, you know, like they've got them on sale or something, these spots, right? And so it's like, like, like kind of like Costco, right? I mean, she just said, you know what? I, if you, why buy one when you can buy 10? And so, matter of fact, if you're looking for a place to be buried, I've got a spot for you. Okay, we got extras. One of the last things my grandmother said was, I pray someone gets to use these one day. All right? I hope it's not anytime soon, but okay, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we go see our people, and, and we get to tell stories about my, my aunt, my uncle, and my grandparents that are now on Be With The Lord. And then we go to my mom and dad's. My mom and dad have already, already bought the tombstone. They're very considerate about that. I'm very thankful. They got the spot. They've got the tombstone already set. And it says, Bruce Patton. Born December 10th, 1944. Dash. Empty space. My mom, she's still living, so she'd be upset if I told you her age. Okay? <laughs> My dad has since past COVID um, went on to be with the Lord. As we're looking at that tomb, tombstone, we're seeing these tombstones, and we're seeing the beginning date, we're seeing the end date, you see the dash. Man, that dash happened so fast. That's what we were telling stories about, was that dash. And I began to wonder and began to think about all the great things that my, mom, my dad and my mom and the heritage of my people have done for us in that little dash. And the difference that they made in their life for their little dash for the glory of God. Time goes by extremely fast, my friends. How are you using your dash for the glory of God? How are you doing it? How are you doing it? The rest of your day, today, tomorrow, when you go back to work and go back to school, go back to life, this next week, when you... By what by you think are incidental encounters with people that are really God encounters? How are you using your dash to be a reflection of the glory of God and living for the mission of God? How are you doing that? If we all did that this week, wow, what a difference it would make. Now our prayer here at this church, because I know your pastor real well, Love him. 
our first desire is for those of you that came in with a bunch of baggage and weight. That the guilt of your past will be done with today. And you ask Jesus Christ to be Lord and Master of your life. And he will take away that guilt. And he will take away that shame. And he'll take away that sin. And finally set you free. Free. Now this church is called the Way Family uh, Way Family Church, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. And no one comes to the Father except for me. That's, one, that's the reason, right? But the second part of that is family. And God has called you to be part of a faith family. Now that you've given your life to Christ, I've got to join with other people the same mission of God and be part of a family. So God's calling you to be part of this family. You're going, no, I'm just shopping around. Stop that mess. <gasps> okay? There's no need to be shopping. <gasps> right? When you find a good deal, you get it. <gasps> this is a good deal. Just get, come on, man. Come on. <gasps> Become part of the family here. Okay? And then as we go this week, let's live our life on mission. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your grace, for loving us so much that you've taken our guilt, you've taken our shame, and you've given us life. But you've given us life so that we can have a purpose. A purpose to be a reflection of your glory. Because no matter everything else that's around us that shows your glory, nothing compares to the opportunities we have to be a reflection of your glory. And Father, we pray as a reflection of your glory this week that we may share the hope that is within us with those that don't know you yet, that will live our life, Father, on mission. Not just internationally, but Father, will live our life on mission in Tucson, in Arizona, in these United States, and Father, when given opportunity around the world. We give you praise and glory for what's about to happen. Amen.